This is the Open Ended Podcast, a weekly dive into tech and culture with a side of sass. I'm James T. Green, and for the first time on Friday, I kind of have a day off. And I'm sure Vincent, and I am employed again. Yay! <laughs> well, aside from the show, right? Yeah, aside from the show. <laughs> so we have a very special guest here in our studio, and I am really, really excited to introduce Jeff Kahn. Is that how you pronounce your last name? It is. Oh, yes. You did it, Got James. on the first try. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you doing today? Well slept. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. Well, so, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, because that's why you're in here, to tell us how we're sleeping wrong. Right. So, uh, how do you fill your time? I'm the CEO of a company called Rise Science, and I started it with a few friends of mine in college, actually. We got super interested in sleep, and... Long story short, the football team convinced us to do a little research with them, and that's how we got into it. Nice. So, um, what school did you go to? We went to Northwestern, actually. Northwestern. So, not, so not you're too far. Yeah. So you're familiar with Chicago and everything like that. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> Are you from here or? Originally from Southern California. Oh, geez. Orange County. Yeah. Oh, so it's oh you gave that. So you gave like that Cali vibe. Like, yeah. Because yeah. you're walking in here, just like, oh yeah, man, everything's cool, everything's chill. Yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm trying to bring in the, the, the Southern California energies <laughs> and vibrations. Yeah, to, to the yeah. Midwestern anxieties. Yeah. <laughs> what I would I say that's what we always are. When I when I moved to the Midwest, I got called out for walking really slowly. And <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. And my girlfriend is from Atlanta and oh, okay. she, she's awesome. But her mom has a thick southern accent. Isn't that and the best? It's I, I love it. And I'm actually kind of pissed my girlfriend doesn't have the accent, but Aww. her mom has this thick accent. And I always, you know, when I see her, I'm like, I love your accent. And she's like, what do you, I don't have an accent. You have the accent, you know, and so <laughs> that we always laugh about that. People yeah. think I have an accent. Yeah. So I think like the big reason why we have you here to talk with us today is because out of nowhere in a sleepy haze, I um, decided to check out and then I invited Cher to this uh, sleep event you held <laughs> in the co-working sleep kind seminar. of like art space that we inhabit throughout the daily. <laughs> um, and you pretty much told us that we have been sleeping incorrectly for so long. So what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong in the sleep department? It's a good question. I, you know, what's interesting is that our perspective is, um, you know, quite modern. We have lights now. We have technology. And if you think about human development, we've been on the planet for thousands of years. And actually, really, the past 80, 90, we've had electric lighting. And um, those sorts of technological changes, which are very recent in all of human history, are occurring just now, are having really insane impacts on our ability to sleep on our body clocks and so there's a lot of things that we could do better on that department of coping with our technology and um, there's just a lot of behavioral changes that we can make too like what like what kind of behavioral change can i make like today as somebody who is just like ingrained like i'm looking at my desk right now i've got like five fucking like screens a young millennial right yeah, <laughs> young, yeah young millennials trying to stay on trend yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so how to keep our brand yeah. brand yeah. so right yeah, so how can I make my sleep better? Well, after the talk, so I was pretty inspired after our talk. I <laughs> met you hanging around the, the sum office space, 
And you told me how after the talk, you went in and you took a 20-minute power nap. I did. And you were trying to solve this really hard problem. You're like, you know, and, and you had taken this power nap expecting it to maybe have an impact. And it did. Yeah. You were able to solve this problem that you'd been working on quickly and efficiently. Totally. So, I mean, those things, like taking a power nap, 20 minutes is, is excellent, or doing a 90-minute full cycle nap. Those are simple things that you can start to do. The other thing that's, that's really basic, that you, there, there's some simple tools out there to help one of the most eye-opening experiences for me was just the, the sleep logging apps that are very popular now, like Fitbits, uh-huh. and how they aren't really as accurate about your sleep pattern because I I use this one particular one called Pillow. And okay. I, and I really like the... I, I think mostly I like it because of the... Uh, just aesthetically, it's really pleasing. Oh, yeah. And it's beautiful, and it's my favorite color purple. So it's like, <laughs> this, is a, this is an app made for share. So <laughs> and I'm really obsessed with sleep in general because I don't get enough of it, and I'm always anxious, so I'm always freaking out that I'm not getting enough sleep. And then it just predicates the fact that I won't get enough sleep because I'm anxious. The whole idea of like sleeping aids, why is it a bad thing to so rely so heavily on? Yeah, I mean, so there are different types of sleeping aids, and I guess just directly to your question of like all these apps that are out there, pillows love the interaction design it's like mm-hmm. totally beautiful puts you in a soothing of state course totally. they, about they, it. yeah they've they've nailed it and yeah. uh, and the guy i love the developers there um the oh you know the developers I do know like the developers. okay we're kind of geeking out yeah, because yeah, we're, we're use pillow out. on the day yeah okay yeah, like i yeah we've called them out several times on the show it's yeah. like oh my god so pillow though but the problem with a lot of these um visualizations and apps is that they try and make it look really nice and it's actually not such a simple science to understand sleep quality how much you're sleeping is that doing anything for you so it's it's not really easy and like you know just even a simple thing that we can talk about the gold standard in sleep measurement is something called polysomnography okay basically it just means that they hook you up to like you know 30 40 different Mm -hmm. wires on your brain they're measuring movement they're measuring all these crazy you know electric potentials going on and they have to in most cases you have human expert readers score those um they call, they're called hypnograms score all the you know they, they're looking at all these signals and they're saying what stage of sleep are you in is it rem is it stage one stage two stage three are you awake right and it turns out that the expert human readers only agree with each other about 85 percent of the time wow so even the gold standard in sleep is still sort of undefined in a lot of ways wow. there's a little gray um, area that's interesting there are a lot of gray areas there and so that's the best we have in the world. And now you're saying that some app that's measuring your movement at night is going to try and predict what the polysomnography is telling us, what's going on in the brain, because that's sort of the ultimate way of telling what stage of sleep you're in. And that's not quite accurate. Um, In fact, it's really inaccurate. So when you ever see something that's saying you're in deep sleep or light sleep, all they're doing is they're ma- they're saying, hey, when you're not moving a lot, we're going to say you're in deep sleep. And when we're, you're moving a lot, we're going to say that you're in light sleep. Mm. And there's sort of a few in-baked assumptions there. One is that movement is related to depth of sleep, which isn't necessarily true. Um, so that's one issue. And the other is that there's sort of a, like, if you're getting more deep sleep and more REM, that's better for you. And from the research, it, what, what I think is more important is that your brain is always optimizing what stages of sleep you're getting based on that day's workload. And so it might say, hey, tonight you need a little more REM. You might need a little more deep sleep if you're, if you're working out more. And so that's what you don't want to limit. And so the, all the stages of sleep are important. 
Yeah, because that's my issue. It's just like not really knowing what is best or how my sleeping is measured just because, you know, like I think based on pillows, algorithms, I'm getting about 71% on average. What does that mean? Precisely. Precisely. Like, I don't know what that means. 71% of what? Of overall sleep, I guess. But I was like, I guess that's good, maybe, because it's it's close to 100. I'm, you know, nailing a C plus average as far as um, my sleeping goes. But I'm not really sure if that's good or not. But what I'm going to get to now is the sleep debt. Yep. That um, really kind of just like tripped me out a bit because it made so much sense. So um, for people who don't know what sleep debt is, can you explain what sleep debt is? Yeah. So sleep debt is kind of like bank debt, right? (laughs) The idea being that every person has an amount of sleep that they need to get each night. Mm -hmm. Uh, The average in the population is around a little over eight hours, but it's like height or weight. You see that everyone's a little bit different and it's a genetically defined factor. Um, So everyone that's listening right now has a, and that's you, Mm -hmm. everyone here has a different amount of sleep that they need each night. It's probably around eight hours. Some of us are going to be closer to eight or nine. Some of us are going to be closer to seven, um, even less. We're gonna, there's extremes within right. there as well. But what we know is we need to get that amount of sleep each night. Let's say for me, let's work out an example. Sure. I need eight hours a night to be at my optimal levels of performance. Let's say tonight I get eight hours and I needed eight hours. So I, I haven't accumulated any sleep debt. Let's say Saturday night I get six hours because I was out late partying Mm -hmm. and I needed eight hours that means I have a deficit of two hours and you can kind of work up this trend let's say then on Sunday night I say you know what I'm gonna really 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 you know sleep I'm gonna sleep in I'm gonna get to work late I'm gonna do let's do like 10 hours of sleep a night and I needed eight and I already had two hours of debt built up then you're gonna go back to back to zero So the idea is, I mean, this is an oversimplification of how it works, but the idea being that your performance on any given day is going to be based on how you've been sleeping over time. And it can be, you can build it up around 40 hours, although the research isn't extremely clear there. So it's not something like you could have like thousands of hours built up over your whole lifetime, but it's, it's, it has a big impact because a lot of, a lot of athletes that we work with will come to me and say, Jeff, there's no way sleep has an impact on, on how I feel because I get 12 hours some nights and then I don't play better the next day. So what's going on? Right. And the idea is when we explain to them sleep debt, oh, it's really how you've been sleeping over the past month. And so if you have 40 hours built up and let's say as, as an athlete, you need nine or 10 getting 12 hours one night. Okay. So now instead of 40 hours of sleep debt, you've got 38, you're not going to notice a huge difference. So that, that's one of the interesting things about sleep is that it's something you need to be thinking about long term, mm-hmm. but it also happens every night that, you know, you need to be thinking about, OK, I need to get my my need tonight. Um, right. Have, and, I'm have sorry. you done any um, studies on sleep deprivation in communities of color and how that affects um, performance in schools or jobs or things of that nature? Yeah. You know, I haven't personally, but some of our scientific advisors, it's it's a really fascinating area of study. So if you look at actually the Northwestern School of Education Social Policy, um, Professor Emma Adam is doing some really cool work looking at how people of color, especially with respect to uh, the amount of time it takes to bus into a school in the area, mm-hmm. can sort of redu- chronically reduce the amount of sleep that someone's getting. So you can imagine if you have to wake up an hour early before the kids that live right next to the school. So instead of seven hours, you're getting six hours. And what they found is 
changes in GPA, likelihood of drug usage, increase in after school car accidents. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's some of these systemic factors that are, that are built in that are, I think, pretty interesting. And when you start to think about sleep as this fundamental factor on human performance, that basically when it's lower, you perform worse. And when it's higher, you perform better. I think it's pretty interesting. Definitely, because you're, already, you're basically at a disadvantage from the get-go. Right. And um, I... It's so because I was I wasn't I was one of those busting kids. So okay. like yeah, I get it completely. And I think for such a long time, sleep for me was not a priority, just because I've been living my entire life with like six hours maybe, yeah. and then working uh, jobs, working overnights, and then just having like there was a time in college where I literally didn't schedule time to sleep on Wednesday and Thursdays. <laughs> like there just was no time. My core sleep was on the train going from school, going to my job and okay. doing whatever. So yeah, just hearing all of this and then honestly, just because of the systematic um, contingencies that I was in growing up, I was kind of set up in a way that sleep was never going to be a priority for me. Yeah. And and why do you like just reflecting back a little bit? Like what do you think that you're the fact that you were busing into school? Like, was that like, what was that like? Was it you you had to wake up an hour before? Like, how long did it take you to get to school and just that whole Um, school for me um, in elementary school? It was about um, a half hour. Okay. A half hour. But then I still had to get up early. I got up like school started for us at 8 a.m. Okay. Got up around a quarter to six. Oh, wow. And then our bus showed up. Um, it was always late. Okay. So we were always like, like it was it was never on time. The bus was supposed to be there at um, 7.15 because it was supposed to be at the school by a quarter to eight. So we would line up for school to get right. a cushion. But we were never on time. And we never on time. We get there like at eight almost right. every day. And you'd have to wait probably outside exactly. waiting for the bus because you don't want to miss the bus. Exactly. And higher stress levels. Right. And the bus that. stop was five blocks from my house. So that's not, you know, I can't just, you know, get there in a second. It takes yeah. me like, you know, five or ten minutes just to get to the bus stop. Yep. And then I also had like a little sister who doesn't, you know, walk as fast as me. So I'm just like trying to have her keep up with me. So it was just like a, it was a whole jaunt. Like I was up for two entire hours before I even got to class and then had to be up, you know, and functioning for six to seven hours and then getting home around four o'clock and then having to do homework and then having to go to bed early if I wanted to have enough sleep. But of course, you know, there's so many other things. I had a lot of after school programs and stuff I was involved in. So it was just a lot. So I've always been able to function on little sleep, but the idea of like sleep debt's like, oh my God, I don't even want to know how much sleep that I owe. <laughs> well, so you can, the good news is you can only own about, you know, 40 hours. Exactly. Right? So you can go on a cleanse and you can get back. But the interesting thing about that is that I, if you were to do some objective testing, like you're functioning at your six hour self. And so you're going to have to do some serious work to sort of get back up to, to where you could be sure. from a performance standpoint. Um, but so I think here's another area that maybe some of you are thinking about, maybe some some of you aren't. But one of the other factors here that's really important about sleep, we talked about sleep need, which is how much you need to get each night. Mm-hmm. But the other factors you have, and it's independent, you have this body clock. You have literally a clock inside your head. And many of you have heard of the circadian rhythm. Um, but there is a part of, called the suprachiasmatic nucleus that is where this clock is housed in the brain. And what it's doing is regulating when you should be performing and when you should be sleeping, basically. And what's fascinating about that and what even makes your situation like more and more and more grave is that this rhythm of when you should be sleeping and when you should be awake and when you should be asleep 
changes as a function of your genetics. So and also age and sex as well. As you so everyone knows kind of are you like a morning person or a late person? The fancy scientific word for that is called chronotype. chronotype. And so what happens is as you get older up until around age 20, it gets very, very late for both men and women. And what's bad about this is you can think about in high school when you have, let's say you're waking up at 5.45 a.m. That's like when you should be, if, if you know, that's almost like the middle of your sleep phase. Mm-hmm. Like you should not be awake at that time. Yeah. And um, you can almost feel it. Like oftentimes you don't want to eat when yeah. you're up that early. Yeah, yeah. You that's can't so even true. just like, Gosh. just that feeling of like, utter, like, what am I doing alive you're right now? You're speaking my truth, Jeff. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is my life. That's, but, but that is your body. Like yeah. that feeling you have is your body telling you like, you should not be awake right now. Yeah. And Oh, trust and, me. I feel that way too. <laughs> yeah. But but this is, so what's really interesting is now the, the research is coming out and this is probably early 2000s that sure. schools need to start shifting their start times yeah. back because of this body clock. Right. And when they do that, test scores go out. Like everyone's happy, and everything in the world is good when that happens. Um, so that's that's kind of a cool area. Yeah. You know, is there anything that you want people to know about you, like afterwards? Like, what should they be checking out? You know, what are some things? Where can we find you online, basically? So you can find me online at JFCon, my Twitter handle. Um, I'm also at Rise Science. You can go R I S E S C I dot com, Rise Sci, and but Twitter is usually pretty active, uh, somewhat active. I'm trying to get in a mode of writing on Sundays for an hour and a half. Okay. Just to get into the flow of like creating. Totally. Um, it hasn't been going so well though. I'm writing on like information <laughs> overload right now. And oh, it's no. been a paper on like, I'm writing on that, on that topic of information overload and how that works. And oh, that sounds good. Fun. That sounds like something I need to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, precisely. What's funny is there's like the, the main paper in, in the field of information overload. It has like, I think I counted like 70 different countermeasures of how to combat information overload. And I was like, that's that's a little ironic how there's 70 different measures of how to combat. <laughs> anyway, but the, re, you know, researchers usually aren't good at taking their own. Nope. Their own medicine. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for hanging out with us, talking about this incredible, incredibly important conversation. And hopefully um, you'll be able to not just help athletes, but help common people like us. This episode of Open Ended is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. Since they asked us not to read an ad, I figured I'd drop in a moment over the weekend where an Uber driver reminded me of somebody very near and dear to my heart. Oh yeah, I feel you want to or not, you have to. Also, this is really weird, but you sound and look just like my dad, (laughs) which is super funny. Really? Yeah, it's like splitting image <laughs> and everything. And I kind of like had like a weird moment. It was like, whoa. <laughs> so I just like had to tell you that. <laughs> hey, man, must be a good looking guy. He's, he's a good guy. He's a real, real good stand up guy. Okay. <laughs> so it was just like really like bizarre. I'm um, the same way too. So. <laughs> I am right at the corner. Oh, at the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, have All a right. good, have a good uh, rest of the evening. You too. Hopefully, yeah, it doesn't get too, too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Cards Against Humanity. 
a party game for horrible people, and Uber drivers that remind you of your father. So next is our open mic section. If you don't know what open mic is, it is when we debate our guest on something we just talked about. So Jeff and I will debate on something. James and Jeff will debate on something. And then James and I will debate with Jeff on something. <laughs> so yeah, it is happening in rapid fire. So All first I have to say is I got like a lot of good sleep in like the last three days. So like my sleep debt is going down. <laughs> so And yeah, I don't know if you know Jeff, but I'm just a really serious debater. So that's good. <laughs> so get ready. Yep, I am. I mean, your sleep has been good, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Oh, I'm good. I don't know how I'm, I'm going to right perform in the debate. <laughs> and Pillow's been saying that you're at 71%, so yeah. you're going to be like C, debating C. at the C plus level. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm good enough. It's yeah. kind of where I'm, right. I'm at in life. I just want to be so efficient. Is that right. called like a handicap in sports terms? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know my sports stuff real well. All right, so we're going to start sports. off with, with Cher and Jeff. And what are y'all debating on? We're talking about best ways to wake up. I'm going to say light. And I'm going to go with sound. All right. So two minutes on the timer starts now. All right. I'll I'll kick this off. (laughs) Go to the guest. So here's... I'm going to try and stay away from the scientific research as much as I can in this debate. And I'm going to try and use personal experience because I think that, you know, stories are more powerful sometimes than facts. Totally. So... There probably isn't anyone listening to this right now that hasn't woken up because of a really loud sound. Like, sounds are going to wake your ass up, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, a loud sound in your ear, like, you are going to be woken up, and your body is tuned to that. That's, like, that's how we knew that we could, you know, that we should wake up. If there's a bear near our cave when we were back in the caveman days, you know, we need to be waking up and slaying that bear. And that's really important, to be slaying bears with haste. Yeah, well, you know, I don't live on a farm. I don't have a, you know, a rooster cock-a-doodle-doodling when I wake up in the morning. All I have is the sun, right. and that wakes me up without fail. Like, I, the sun is directly into my house. It's like beaming into a beaming a strong light. Like, God himself is sitting, coming down as a chair, and it's time to wake up. Yeah. And it's joyous, and it's like warm in my face, and it's really nice. So, yeah, I don't know, light, man, all, all day. Yeah, no, I mean... I think what what, what I want to say is that these are good arguments, and these are both these are two important factors to consider when waking up. You can't be bipartisan. And no, but I have to do the synthesis. I, like I have to because I can't give false information. Both light and sleep are really important for you guys that are listening when you want to wake up. Like wake up to don't wake up to crazy ass sounds. Like wake up to nature. Your body will respect you for it. Yeah. See if you can have it. You know, moving in very slowly. It's way more pleasing to the ear. I don't. Did you try that yet? Wait, yeah, I haven't know. tried that yet because I'm I'm because I I don't practice what I preach but I I, I always woke up with like you know either crazy alarm sounds or like music okay. like like the one um the one song I was listening to was Three, um Radiohead's two, Everything is Right Place and one. while it's great it's not the yeah, best I did get you to talk about sound <laughs> <laughs> so maybe sound is it <laughs> it's not the best though I just lights better s- <sighs> it's lights better so you're pretty much telling us that we all need to adopt a chicken for our house yeah yes. Yes. Chicken. Nice, that's a little coop personal roosters well and i think on top of that the advantage is fresh eggs and who doesn't want that all right fair yeah. nice. all right next is james and jeff and they are debating on how to fall asleep how to fall asleep <laughs> best ways to fall asleep yeah 
which obviously I have the best way. So we can start this off right now in three, two, one. So I fall asleep with podcasts because I feel like that's the best way to fall asleep. I mean, how else could you not fall asleep to just listening to somebody else's voice? It's like the best way. See, yeah, I got no. you shook. I, got you, you shook. I mean, you already I got you, you, shook. You, you, you put me to sleep listening to your voice. <laughs> Um, is that a zinger? Uh, yo, that a, okay, is that a okay, zinger? okay, it's, it's, okay. It's a small zinger. Um, it's because my voice is sultry. It, 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 it is really, really soothing through these headphones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way that I like to go to sleep is, and I'm going to switch my, my perspective now, is using light to my advantage or the lack thereof. Mm. So I will walk around. I bought a, a jar candle on Amazon. <laughs> And I, I light that with a wooden match at night. Okay. And okay, Amish. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm trying to get into more artisanal hobbies because I feel it's like I'm more of a millennial if I can do more artisanal. Obviously. Things. I mean, all you need if is. If you haven't it. said you've been from the West Coast, I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. already. <laughs> as long as you know, like, artisanal uh, aioli sauce, yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could be talking about artisanal aioli. Um, so. That's what I like to do is I light this candle. I'll shower with it. I'll walk around with it. You can even go on Amazon and and get Flux for Your Life, basically these orange glasses that block out blue light. And they're very effective at helping your body to release melatonin. And it's you sleep a lot more soundly. And, you know, if you want, you can pair it with a podcast as well. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, you sleep more soundly. Right. By listening. (laughs) By lack of light. (laughs) By listening to more people's voices, you know? Like, sometimes I might even listen to my own voice. Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Cher, don't look at me like that. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not in this debate. I honestly don't know. (laughs) Like, I got 10 seconds left, so I'm just going to say, yeah, podcast. Bam. That was a terrible thing. That's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, James, you and that's fine. And that's fine. I know this is not my best debate. <laughs> but that's my okay. best flying color. That's okay. All right. So now we're going to end this off with three minutes on the clock where two of us are going to debate with you, Jeff. Okay. On the Midwest versus the West Coast. And we're starting that in three, two, one. I got one for you. Cheese. <laughs> Cheese. Cheese all day. Cheese is the best. Yeah, I'm lactose yeah. intolerant and I will and I will stand for some cheese all day. Yeah. You just can't really beat cheese. <laughs> I mean, there's no way you can beat cheese. <laughs> like that yeah, that's and, actually And the sorry excuse that y'all have for pizza out yeah. there, fam. Oh, like so what is sad. California pizza? Like, this is a crispy mess, like California <laughs> kitchen yeah. pizza. Uh, ca- yeah. Like, yeah, you got kitchen. a weak you got yeah, a weak that, ass. <laughs> we have a weak ass pizza restaurant. <laughs> I worked there for three years, like okay. as a server, so I can say with full Yo. confidence Yo. that place has a smell, as a stink smell, and I'm not a fan. Look, the only thing I have to say though is, like, you know what I'm going to say, and I don't, don't even have don't, to say it. Don't fucking go there. Yeah, like I don't even have to go there. I'm not even going to say the words, <laughs> but all I can say is Southern California is superior in some indices of quality of life yeah, than the Midwest. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you guys have a thing called sun that we're not really yeah, used yeah, to. Yeah. But honestly, like, the sun is like, I have, like, skin diseases in since I've been in Chicago that oh I've God. never had before. Are you I've serious? Had, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, Are you sure it's just uh, not I the get, corruption that's yeah, just, like, beaming may, down may, on you? May, maybe it's corruption, but, like, like you know, like, look at these bumps on my arm. Like, yeah, that's, perfect. you know, like... In, in the description of radio here, um, he has, like, small bumps on his bicep. 
it's like small is, red bumps, and it's, it's a perfect from the Chicago air. I just thought but, that was just, <laughs> but it's a genetic skin disease. Yeah, that, I thought too. That like I have for the rest of my life, but when I go back home, they like go away. Yeah. Wait a minute, I'm so getting more sun. So if I just go to California, these bumps that I've had since birth will be like way less. What? Okay, yeah, yeah. We have we have we have the scientific expert telling us that bumps will go away if we go to a different city. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and like, well, see, like my skin, Chicago. and like I mean, it's just like a whole. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But cheese cheese though like i'm a huge cheese fan like i'm more of a, i think a cheese addict <laughs> maybe like when there's cheese in the refrigerator like that's cheese i'm i'm lactose intolerant like i should not be even near cheese but I do you one. take lactate yeah and then i, and then I go ham and yeah. then i go ham on the cheese that's speaking of ham you go ham on the cheese meats though <laughs> meats though out here oh yeah while y'all out there juicing yeah I'm out here. I just had myself like a turkey sausage cheese omelet with hash browns, like the perfect Midwest boy that I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, we saying. may have heart disease, but I know we got but heart yellow, guys. Yeah. It's right. fine. It's right. totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> but. So the West Coast has its pluses. Totally, yeah. <laughs> you I mean, are the worst debater. I'm just not trying. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so, just trying to present the facts. You're just you're just so manner. agreeable. You're just yeah. so Californian I'm, right I'm now. I'm super Californian. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, but that's how so you know that I'm, I'm authentic. <laughs> oh my god! Right? I couldn't own my Miss Wed- my Midwestern <laughs> self. Uh, hashtag authenticity. You're yeah. so delightfully nice. It's just bothering <laughs> me. <laughs> Fight for it more. <laughs> I did. I did bring a small hatchet to just start hacking away. So you could be a little angry. Yes, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh man! All right, last segment. What time is it, James? I don't know what time it is. What time is it? It's over. Oh it's over. Oh <laughs> Open call. It is open call time. So open oh call God. is when we uh, talk about what we're feeling this week. So we go to our guest always first. Jeff, what are you feeling this week? Life is short. And I encourage you to do one, I guess a few things. My parents are coming into town this weekend, which is awesome. They're nice. getting in in like a few hours. And I'm going to get to just enjoy the weekend with them. Aww. And I'm really looking forward to that because life is short. And you should check out an essay by Paul Graham. And it's entitled Life is Short. Go ahead and give it a read. He gives some good examples for why he thinks life is short. But I think that, you know, when you have to make important decisions, just think like life is short. What sort of decision should I make? And it's usually the answer is is pretty clear in front of you. So um, if I can inspire everyone to live their life with that idea in mind, like I think we're going to have, you know, more uh, thoughtful and and circumspect culture instead of people and conversations. Oh, I love that. That's great. Right on. Well, <laughs> what are you feeling this week, Cher? <laughs> Is life short for you? Well, now that I'm like existential, yeah. um, <laughs> a little bit. No, it's fine. I um, know. I'm feeling live lit. Last night, me and James got to hang out with our dear friend Maya Goldberg. Sorry, jerk. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. Um, and we went to the hideout, and we saw um. Um, Resound Live, which is a Third Coast Festival live lit, lit event. They do um, fairly, um, I think they do like at least once a quarter, maybe even less than that, but it's just radio stories and they broadcast it live um, on WBZ and it's just delightful stories. There was one, it was an archive from Radio Rookies about this um, Jamaican uh, Jamaican kid who was really into 
K-pop. There was um, one um, from our friend Maya who talked about her um, relationship with a boy she used to um, babysit for. And the, the idea was odd couples. And then the last one was a woman on one of the producers on Third Coast and her relationship with a felon in prison and just their writing correspondence throughout the years. So it's just, I love Live Lit. Um, I've been um, privileged to speak at Live Lit events and read stories. And I just love stories. I love storytelling in general. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Live Lit. What about you, James? So since Cher stole mine, Oops. I had to think of something right on the fly. So I'm going to give a shout out to Ampro Pro Style Brown Styling Gel for the hair. <laughs> and, and the reason of this is just because it smells so good. So I've grown up like, oh man, smelling this like styling gel from my mom when she used to like um, curl her hair like growing up. And... I've been looking for some really good stuff for retwisting my locks and I totally forgot about this stuff until a couple weeks ago. I just picked up like a giant jar from like Target or some shit <laughs> and I just love the smell of that combined with coconut oil and it's just like your hair just smells so good and like your locks are doing exactly what they want to do and I just like retwisted my hair this morning and I'm feeling really like great on life and I'm feeling like my best life and yeah. So a shout out, and also like the packaging has not changed since like I was a child. It's Isn't still that the best. <laughs> it's still like this like black jar with this like eighty style yes. like swoop logo. It's like the best. My so. favorite is oil sheen. <laughs> it looks like it looks like someone, um, like they still use it for like jerry curls and shit. Oh yeah, like, yeah I yeah. love love old old style typography like yeah. that. So fun. Yeah, that so, was a good shout out. James. Yeah, I think it's like the same time <laughs> I gave like a shout out to like some sort of like oil. <laughs> yeah. Some V105. Get, yeah, get that nice oil treatment going. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So I think. Shout out to oil. Shout yeah. out to oil. Yes. All day. <laughs> so I think that is it. We did it, James. We, we've done another show. It's episode 47. How did we do this? I have no every idea, week. but every single week every we just keep going it. on and on and on about this. James, we did it. James, we did it. I know. So I'm totally fine with that. And yeah, so I think we should celebrate. And what other better way to celebrate? Because life is short. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> than to give another shout out to the CPC for Thank letting you, us CPC. to be a part of this network. And I think our week shout out this week should be Making New Friends. Um, so Making New Friends is a podcast by Pat. And each week, Pat invites new and old friends into a studio where anything can happen. Former guests include murderers, ghosts, milkmen, centaurs, and that nice fella who lives down the street. And that is making new friends here at the Chicago Podcast Co-op. We also want to give a special thanks to you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, so much. For coming up in here and deciding to tell us why we've been sleeping terribly and why we're (laughs) awful humans. And making me self-conscious about my skin now. Yeah. Which is totally fair. I'll give a shout out to Cards Against Humanity. Thank you so much for letting us use our facilities. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Yeah. Um, our script was written by me and James, and music was by U plus one F six zero C, which is James' musical side project. Also, is a Unicode for the blissed out emoji. Yeah, who knew? 
Uh, you nice. can find us on iTunes and rate us. Only five stars. Don't give us anything less than five stars. Otherwise, you're petty. Just yeah. don't do that. And also, like, low-key, I want, like, all of our open-ended fans to, like, come up with, like, an emoji for us because I really want that. Um, very yes. similar to, like, how Bodega Boys has the art emoji. So, like... Suggestions is flame. Flame emoji. Yeah. So, like, let's, like, reclaim the flame emoji. So, like, um, yeah. I'm so, whenever that. you talk about open-ended, use uh, flame emoji. Please. Flame. Flame. All day. I recommend us on Overcast. You can swipe down and hit the star if you see it, if you use Overcast. Yes. You can find us on Stitcher on the Stitch. Didn't we say like you can like be the needle in our thread to us on Stitcher yes. yesterday? So we're, yes. <laughs> we're going to use this. Yes, we're going to do that. Um, and you can donate. Please donate because we can pay bills. You can find ways yeah, to donate do. us to us rather at openended.fm slash donate or you can become a member on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash openended starting at one dollar a month yeah if you donate we'll get like some of those orange glasses and that way we can like sleep better we want to live our best lives guys so just help us out Um, you can also open up segment we'll be back next week and you can send us over questions at ask.fm slash open-ended or use the hashtag on twitter ask open-ended and you can contact us at openended.fm slash contact or email at us at the open-ended podcast at gmail.com i think that's it guys yeah any last words jeff cheerio <laughs> <laughs> and as we say at the end of every single episode keep things open-ended <laughs> <laughs>